As I was debating what to share this week, um, I was aware that it was Palm Sunday, and um, I was leaning toward going on in Ephesians, uh, the third chapter, and I'm going, well, Kurt will bail me out. He always does. It comes to holidays and stuff like that. He's always around. And Dan did it as well this morning, so I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to Ephesians 3, and... Uh, Not to diminish Easter or anything else, I just I want to keep on this for a bit. As we've been walking through this book, uh, the first few chapters and what usually happens in Paul's writings, uh, or in many of his books, is that he'll, he'll explore, in a sense, the theory side of things and the philosophical, and then he gets into very practical uh, declarations. In the third chapter of Ephesians, we're still into the uh, theological side. And in some ways, it's covering some themes that we've been on for a bit. But I want to just kind of keep at that. And uh, I'm finding for myself, at least, that there's, there's much taking place in me as I look at this. In this third chapter, I want to read verses 1 and 2. It says, Christ Jesus made me his prisoner so that I could help you Gentiles, you surely heard about God's kindness in choosing me to help you. Um, again, I'm reading from the contemporary English version. This is more of a paraphrase. Uh, good for catching the general theme. Not necessarily good for um, deep study or memorization, but still valuable to kind of catch the theme. What stands out to me in this particular passage, though, is He's sitting in prison. He's talking about the kindness of God and his purpose in life as if this is, had no bearing on, on his setting. That's so contrary to the way I, I function. And if I, I look at things and I'm going, if it was me sitting in prison, I'd probably be wrestling with depression. So how does, how does he not slip into such a thing? How is it that his life is so focused, so to speak, that he's not overwhelmed, but he's still overcoming? I, uh, I, I was chewing on this, and I, I look at two things that, that uh, tend to get me mopey. One is if I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels, that there's no real purpose to what I'm participating in or doing, where it's just like, this is meaningless, if I'm in a situation like that, I tend to get frustrated. I want to be doing. I want to have an objective in mind. <laughs> That's why even chit-chat at times just overwhelms me. Uh, you know me well enough to, to know that in a, in a social setting, oftentimes I just shut down. I'm in the corner. If I can find someone like me for a conversation, that's great. Don't ask me to just mingle, meaning <laughs> I know it's purposeful. I, I just don't get it, okay? <laughs> but that said, that, you know, if, if there's that sense of wheel spinning, don't like that. The other thing that, that tends to grip me 
is if there's an anxiety that says, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Or a fear connected as saying, how are we, how are we going to get through? How are we going to accomplish this? I get the feeling with Paul that as a prisoner, he still has this purposeful sense that his life is having an impact on others and that he has been called by God to, to share the gospel, and it's still strong in his heart that nothing's changed in regard to that call. So he has purpose. It's not meaningless. And secondly, sitting in prison, in some ways, Paul's one of these guys who's He's been through everything, and, he's, and it's like, is that the best you got? Remember when you were a little kid, and you were about to get in a fight with someone, and if it was at school, and it was at the end of the day, you know, how you're just, uh, the anxiety before it was incredible. But then you get into it, and you realize, we're third graders. What can we do? You swing up, and there's nothing really taking place, you know? And at some point, you go, is that the best you got? You know, it's, it was meaningless in that moment because it just it, it, it didn't sting that much. And I'm looking at Paul who's gone through numerous beatings, who's been stoned and left for dead, who's been in the open sea a night and a day, who's, you know, who's had every conceivable experience that evil can throw at him, and it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> that the best you got? It's not overwhelming him. There's there's nothing to really fear connected to it for him. In some ways, he's so caught up in the goodness of God and God's kindness toward his life that nothing on the surface or nothing in the obstacles or the circumstances is really getting a hold of him. And I'm going, wow. You know, Lord, allow me to get so caught up into who you are and what's available in you and the eternal that the temporal just isn't having the power that I normally give it. (coughs) I went back this week again and watched a video that stirs me on YouTube, uh, Voices of the Martyrs did a video in the 60s of Richard Wormbrand, who had been thrown in prison because of his faith. He was a Romanian citizen, and uh, because he was a Christian, he was tossed in jail. For three years, he did solitary confinement, and he's describing having his hands locked behind his back in shackles. And, uh, and at times uh, didn't see sunlight, didn't see trees, didn't see flowers, didn't, just this solitary cell. And when, when he's doing the video, you can see him pacing the length of the bed. And it, he slips into this thing where you realize this guy did this over and over and over again. And he starts describing his prayer life and the things that he would go through in prayer And suddenly you realize that that became more real to him than even the outside. That what he's encountering in the Lord has more reality to him in that moment than anything beyond because it's almost as if the other had been forgotten. 
I'd encourage you to look it up. Uh, um, Voice of the Martyrs, Solitary Confinement, Richard Wormbrandt. About nine minutes worth of video there. But in looking at that, I'm drawn back to Paul, in a sense, where he's in a similar situation, and he's just going, what I have in the eternal is so much more awesome than anything in this life that he's able to declare the kindness of God, and it's not just putting on a good face, but he's really caught up in it. Made me his prisoner. In other words, he's saying ultimately God's in control of all situations. And even though evil's had this hand in this, I know that I'm in God's hands. And furthermore, the fact that he's called me to, to this service of presenting the gospel, he says, it's his kindness that did this for me. Amazing. He goes on and, and he readdresses. He says, God's revealed his mystery to me. He says, I do understand what he's doing. He says, uh, Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, the good news has been given to the Gentiles to share in the promises that God gave to the Jews. He says, this, this message of the kingdom is for all. God treated me with kindness. He's back on it. His power worked in me, and it became my job to spread the good news. I have purpose for my life. His kindness has reached out to me. He says, I'm the least important of all God's people, but God was kind and chose me to tell the Gentiles. Because of Christ, there are blessings that cannot be measured. So again, he says, the blessings of God, you can't, you can't even figure it out completely. I like his humility that says, I shouldn't be here. Or gets caught up in the thing of, why me? Doesn't he recognize what potential my life holds? Or, you know, he, he's not into the pity me because I'm, I'm more than what, <laughs> what's being presented right now. But rather, he just says, there's nothing special about my life in comparison to the grandeur of who God is and what he's doing and what I'm a part of. So humility is what this is all flowing out of. He says, then, he gave understanding. He says, then God would use the church to show the powers and authorities in the spiritual world that he has many different kinds of wisdom. So he even has this picture of the church that goes beyond what we're used to looking. And he says, the declaration of what's taking place in our lives, and as the Spirit of God works through us, he says, there is a, a, a demonstration of the wisdom of God that goes out to all the beings in creation, seen and unseen. Do you ever think of yourself in that noble a role? I don't often get there. You know, that we, we you know, we're so aware of our frailties. 
But there's a declaration being made through our lives because of the power of God being exerted in them and the kindness of God that has brought salvation to us, His creation. He says that declaration is going out to all the beings of creation. Wow. (laughs) God did this according to His eternal plan, and He was able to do what He had planned because of all that Christ Jesus our Lord had done. Christ now gives us courage and confidence so that we can come to God by faith. That's why you should not be discouraged when I suffer for you. After all, it will bring honor to you. Courage and confidence to respond in faith. Now he goes into a prayer. He says, I kneel in prayer to the Father. All beings in heaven and on earth receive their life from him. God is wonderful and glorious. I pray that His Spirit will make you become strong followers and that Christ will live in your hearts because of your faith. Stand firm and be deeply rooted in His love. I pray that you and all of God's people will understand what is called wide or long or high or deep. I want you to know all about Christ's love, although it's too wonderful to be measured. So His prayer for them in a sense, is that they would discover what's become a part of his life. It's a good prayer for us as well. That rather than being caught up in this, this, gro- this moping and wondering, you know, why me, why this, why now? Or this fear that says, how but to say the wonder of what I'm a part of supersedes anything that could be transpiring in this moment. I pulled out a passage of Romans to tie with this because this isn't the single time that he writes this kind of thing. And so I wanted to read out of Romans 8. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. He's found purpose even in prison. Maybe you can find purpose in a tedious job. Or with a car that doesn't run very well. Or a house that Things keep breaking. Or even a marriage at times, it seems pretty pitiful. I mean, what situation would you begin to put on and say, I don't know if God's love is shining through here. And yet, he's discovered it even in the worst of situations. Listen to this at the end of the chapter. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry, or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. 
I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that God has revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord. So in this Easter week, when we recognize Christ going to the cross and the pain connected with such a thing, and then death, and yet to come through victorious, says that no matter what we would enter into in life, has no power to keep us from the victory that is in Him as well. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So, getting back to that. If there are situations that seem meaningless in this moment, it's time to call out to God and say, help me to see what you see. Help me to see your purposes in this. And secondly, if there are fears that are gripping us and anxieties that, you know, want to overwhelm and we're going, I don't see God in this. It's time to be putting that before Him and say, even in this, I know you are powerful. And at the end of the day, you will be victorious just as you've exhibited in Christ. We are a people of hope. We can be a people of confidence no matter the circumstances, the love of God will never be taken from our lives. What a powerful truth that is. We thank you for your scripture that speaks life to us. Drive these things home in our heart, I pray. Amen. I don't want to insult um, the struggles that you're going through if you're wrestling with a, a sense of purpose or in some ways a fear that says I don't know what's going to happen that's that's not my intent I just want you to know that there is the same God that we serve that is the God that was taking care of Paul that is fully ready to take you through this situation as well we build our testimony, so to speak, off of victorious experiences. And regularly, you know, if, if you want a story to tell, you're going to have to go through things that are beyond you. Because it's in those moments coming through that you actually see the power of God. You know, if, if you know where all the day's food is going to come from, you don't have any concern about how God's going to provide for you. But if there isn't anything in the cupboard, He is the God who is going to provide. And in the same way, you know, you can, you can be out of a job and wondering what's going to take place. And it's in those moments that, that God really establishes in your heart how faithful he really is because 
you know, when you've got the job and everything's smooth, it's, it doesn't have the same challenge. Sometimes in your relationships, you're in a situation, you're going, I, I just don't know how this is ever going to be corrected. But as we walk by faith, those things begin to settle out in ways that we didn't dream possible. And later you have this testimony, so to speak, this declaration, God was faithful again, provided, and, and we're able to make this confident statement. He is so kind. <laughs> He's loving. He, he never separates himself from us. If you're wrestling and you'd like someone to pray with you, we want definitely to open the door for that. But no, God is there. May your love be shown in each heart today. And may each heart openly declare, God loves me. For each one here, to clearly say, God loves me. To brace that in all that it means. Ask, Lord, that as we consider that, that fears would be driven away. I ask that confidence would replace fear and a knowledge of your care and provision. For one that's wrestling with a sense of purpose in the current events, I ask again, there be a, a, an awareness that you have everything under control. As each one goes into the community, Lord, I ask that you give them words of life to speak over others. I pray that you give them great boldness to declare your praises. Be exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you.